turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6. And if you're our guest today, we have been studying through the Sermon on the Mount, the greatest sermon ever given by the greatest preacher who ever lived, Jesus Christ. I know that sometimes I repeat myself a lot in my sermons. That's not always easy for you. But today, my model is Jesus, who repeats himself three times. He gives a statement of truth, and then three times he echoes what he has said. And if he says something four times when you add them up, do you think we should pay attention? Here, Matthew 6, 1 through 6, and then 16 through 18. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by men. I tell you the truth. They have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth. They have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. So far, God's word. A good friend of mine said to me, I don't go to church no more because they're all a bunch of hypocrites. Have you ever heard anyone say that? Actually, it is one of the most common objections that secular people, atheists, and folks all over the place uh, will use to to excuse themselves from coming to church and excuse themselves from anything to do with Christianity. And, and many times, as I suspect with my friend, it's a smokescreen. A lot of times it's just an excuse. It's an easy excuse to feel superior to the people in the church and dismiss them so that you don't have to go to church and be with the people of God and consider the things of God. Yes, lots of times that objection is a smokescreen. But, according to Jesus, 
It's not as much of a smokescreen as you might think. Because in the time of Jesus, hypocrisy drove him crazy. And Israel, through the centuries, wrestled with praising God with their lips, right? While their hearts were far from Him. And so, the purpose of this sermon, in this part of the Sermon on the Mount, is to warn ourselves. I'm warning me, and I'm warning you, okay? We all need warnings. You may not like warnings. When your mom used to say, before you go outside, there's a cloud in the sky, put on your galoshes. What did you say? Oh, not again. When that backseat driver just generously offers their warning, I usually slow down before I go around that turn. And that's when Bill Melcher steps on the accelerator, right? We don't like the warnings. But, well, Bill, forgive me. But Jesus says there's a better way to do your faith than just showing off before men. There's a better way. And the point of this sermon is to be so conscious of God in your life, so gripped by who the Lord is in your life, that the opinions of people don't matter to you anymore. And the presence of God is what matters more than anything else in your life. And so when you exhibit your faith and you, and you live your life of faith, you don't even care anymore what other people think of you because you live before an audience of one, God himself. Point number one, do not be a hypocrite. And what's so compelling about the very first word in this sentence is Jesus says, beware. He says, watch out, be on your guard. Now, why would he say that to the North Shore Community Church? There's not a lot of, I don't, I know most of your stories pretty well, and I don't see you, you know, saying, look at me, look at me, I'm so holy, I'm so great. I don't see that a lot here. So, should we just skip over this passage and ignore it? What do you think? Well, we should never ignore any passage in the Bible, but in particular, we should, not, uh, we should not ignore this passage because I think Jesus is not simply uh, going after the Pharisees because they were pretending to be good while um, they were living some sort of deep, dark, double life, though that might have been the case. But Jesus is bashing the Pharisees because they had persuaded themselves that they really were so righteous, and they had managed to deceive themselves that their righteousness was going to get them to heaven. And so they displayed it so pompously. They're not trying to deceive others, but they did manage to deceive themselves. And so he gives the warning. And really, here's the warning. The warning goes like this. If you are really successful at being religious, do you need the Lord? Hmm? In Zechariah chapter 7, another one of those Old Testament passages, verses 3 through 6, the people 
come up to the priests in the house of the Lord, and they come to the prophets, and they ask very piously, Should I mourn and fast in the fifth month, as I have done for so many years? Zechariah writes, Then the word of the Lord Almighty came to me. Ask all the people of the land and the priests, When you fasted in the fifth and the seventh months for the past seventy years, was it really for me that you fasted? And when you were eating and drinking, were you not just feasting for yourselves? We can be so busy in the life of our faith, doing our faith, that we can lose God in the midst of it all and just do it for ourselves. It's easy to hear the warning, watch out for pornography on the internet. But can you hear the warning today? Guard your heart. Guard your heart from self-righteousness and self-promotion and self-congratulation before the eyes of other people. That's a very difficult warning to hear. Oh, oh no, I, I can see it in you. It's easy to spot hypocrisy in someone else, right? It's not so easy to see it in me. The word hypocrite means actor. In the ancient Greek world, if you were an actor, a thespian, if you were on stage, you would use the word hypocritas. And the actor was the person who would assume a different identity from himself, and usually they wore a mask. They'd have a mask with a little stick on it, and they'd come out, and they would recite their lines from behind the mask. And that's what a hypocrite is. They they wear a mask. They're not displaying their true self. And that's the thing. It's wonderful to go to see The Lion King on Broadway. Magnificent. Theater at its finest. But the thing that drove my friend crazy, who don't go to church no more, is the religious actor, the make-believe Christian, who's doing it for the praise of other people. We're going to just look at the warnings here, a couple of the warnings. Carefully, we're going to look at the don'ts. And then Jesus, praise God, Jesus is the best teacher, the greatest teacher in the world. And He gives the do's and how you're to do it. And then talks about the reward that will be yours. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. As I'm sure you know, God wants you to be generous. God wants you to sit loose on your possessions and to be glad to share what He has given you, to give to others, to cause the kingdom of God to move forward, to bless the church of Jesus Christ in her benevolence and in her ministry. But generosity, apparently, is more than just performance. Generosity has to do with the heart with the motivation, the hidden thoughts of the heart. 
And so Jesus ridicules these Pharisees and the way they turn it into a, a public performance and the pompous Pharisee who is on his way. And, and we're not exactly sure what he means by the trumpets in some parts of the ancient world. If you were a really good beggar, what you would do is you have a trumpet, a shofar, and if somebody gave you a nice uh, sum of uh, cash, you'd bump it and everybody turn and look, and <laughs> you happen to be standing next to the one who received it. And uh, that, that might be what's going on. Or it could be they, they, that the cash boxes in the synagogue were sometimes referred to as trumpets. They had these spiral-like trumpets so nobody could reach down inside and steal back out. And if you threw the money in, it would cling and clang and, and make the jingle. We're not exactly sure. But, but Jesus said, self-promotion with your giving. And... Um, It's easy to make fun of them, but we do like to toot our own horn. Just yesterday, (laughs) I'm studying this passage, and then I was thinking about our daughter church out in the Hamptons, you know, and they're trying to raise all this money, and and they're a tiny little church, and they need to raise $3 million, and I said to somebody else, I said to them, you know, I'm going to, I really want to support them in what they're doing. I'd love to give them $1,000. And then I went, eep! It's like chasing confetti. You can't put it back in your mouth. And I don't know if I was boasting. Well, yeah, I do. I, I, was, I was sort of boasting in my intention. We like to toot our own horn. It's easy to make fun of the Pharisees. And then in prayer, and when you pray... Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. And, and uh, I wrestled with this a little bit. Have, have, some, have some sympathy for these guys here. Actually, what he says in the beginning of verse 5 sounds really good. What does he say about the Pharisees? He says they love to pray. Do you know how hard it is to find people who come to prayer meeting on Wednesday nights? These guys would at least come to prayer meeting. They love to pray. What could be wrong with this? Every pastor's dream, a church filled with people who love to pray, right? But unfortunately, it's not prayer that they love. It's not God that they love. No, They love themselves, and they love the opportunity that their particular public prayer gives them to display their piety. Now, lest nobody ever show up to the Wednesday night prayer meeting ever again, Jesus does not forbid public praying. He doesn't forbid being seen in prayer. In fact, he does that. Jesus himself prays publicly. He does not forbid being seen in prayer. What he forbids is praying in order to be seen. You catch the difference here? Jesus says, guard your heart. Now, for pastors... 
elders, Sunday school teachers, worship leaders, soloists, we take a risk every time we stand up in front of you, right? Every Sunday school teacher, every singer up here, every preacher. Why is that? Why is that? Why is there a risk? Because inside every heart is this little voice that asks, how did I do? How did I come across? Wouldn't it be nice if somebody said, Pastor, that was the most convicting sermon. Oh, Pastor, you really touched my heart there. Oh, Pastor, thank you uh, for opening my eyes. The song that you sang was so beautiful. I was deeply moved by your prayer. I was encouraged by your ministry. Your Sunday school class has changed my life. Now, don't get me wrong. These people who serve us, they take a risk, and we are commanded to encourage each other, and we should encourage each other, right? Right? We need to encourage each other, because everybody needs encouragement. Jesus is not telling you not to encourage the Sunday school teacher or the soloist or the, or the person who leads. Jesus is now addressing the preacher, the pastor, the, the Sunday school teacher, and saying, you guard your heart. And don't worry, you just live before an audience of one. I know that somebody who was paying attention a few weeks ago that will say, well, isn't Jesus contradicting himself here? Back in Matthew 5, 16, he says, don't hide your deeds under a bushel basket. He says, let men see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Isn't Jesus contradicting himself here? What do you think? What do you think? No, he's not contradicting himself at all. In, in chapter, chapter 5, Jesus was talking about our, our cowardice, that we are ashamed and afraid to be seen uh, as identified with Christ. And so he says, let your light shine and let men see your good deeds. Here, he's not concerned about our cowardice. He's addressing our pride. And so... John Stott, I put it in your bulletin, John Stott quotes A.B. Bruce in his comments, and he says, hide when tempted to show, and show when tempted to hide. And I like that. That really captures these two chapters very well. And the Apostle Paul, he lives it out for us the way Jesus wants to. In 1 Thessalonians 2, he says, we are not trying to please men, but God who tests our hearts. And so now here's, here's the scary. He's going to say the same thing twice. Jesus will say the same thing twice. The first time it will be scary, and the second time it will be encouraging. The first time he says, God knows your hearts. God sees when you are motivated by pride and fear and unbelief and greed and lust and all that. God sees your heart. The book of Hebrews calls him cardiognosco, the knower of hearts. That's scary, but it is true. You don't put anything over on God. He is not mocked. And then Jesus looks at the disciples and he says, but there's a better way. And um, he says, be conscious of your piety in all that you do. 
Same thing was true with fasting. Fasting, all the spiritual disciplines. Don't do your fasting in order to be seen by men. I I love to give. I love to pray. I hate to fast. I'm not a good faster. uh, So I can't stand up here and tell you how to fast. I'm just not very good at it. But now Jesus says there's a better way to live your life. And the first example, he says, So when, when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And now it's the same thing. God sees what's done in secret. God knows your heart. Only this time, He's he's happy. He's pleased. And He's going to reward you. What He means by not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing is not telling you that somehow you need to put the check book in a clip so that your left hand is behind your back as you write the check. What he's saying is that we need to be so in love with God, so aware of God's generosity to us, so gripped by His kindness and grace that that's the motivation for why I write my check or give my money and I don't even think about it all that much. It's just because if you think about it too much, you always devolve into self-congratulation. I don't want to go to that self-congratulation. I just want to be so grateful that he gave me this money that I worked hard to earn that I'm able to share it and give it away to someone else and set you free from performance giving. And then in prayer, he says, pray before an audience of one. We'll talk about this more next week as we come to the Lord's Prayer. But Jesus Christ gives us the Holy Spirit to cry out, Abba, Father. And when you pray, you live before the audience of one. You go in secret. Now, again, sometimes two or three are gathered. They're commanded to be together. It's not wrong to pray out loud. But pray for an audience of one. A prayer meeting Wednesday night. Last Wednesday night, there was a woman there. And you could tell she had a sense that she was right before God. And she said, Fill my cup, Lord. Fill my cup. My cup is empty. And I'm, I'm sitting there. And my cup's pretty empty, too. And I have this sense that God's going to be filling her cup. <laughs> Go over and put my cup there, too. And she's saying, fill my cup. And I'm thinking, yes. I'm saying, yes, Lord. Mine, too. Fill my cup. Fill me. Give me the water of your spirit. Give me the oil and wine that comes from knowing you. Fill me up, Lord. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. Fill me up. That's how you pray. Before an audience of one. And in your fasting, Jesus just says, look, make it natural. All your spiritual disciplines. I don't know what you count as spiritual disciplines. How do we judge a person in their spiritual disciplines? You know, do they read through the Robert Murray McShane check off the box every day so that you read through the Bible in a year? Uh, Do you have a button on your radio tuned into a Christian radio station? whatever, Whatever you do. It's not for the show to show off to men. Make it natural. 
And you know what? That's the best way to witness to your non-Christian friends, to let your relationship with the Lord come across as the most natural thing in the world to you. Really. Never apologize for your relationship with the Lord. Live out your faith. You carry your Bible? Sure, carry your Bible. That's natural for you. Pray in a restaurant. You want to pray in a restaurant? Pray in a restaurant. You don't pray in a restaurant? That's all right. But whatever you do, make it the most natural thing in the world. You don't replace one form of hypocrisy with another, showing off or, or putting on a fake smile. Just be yourself in the Lord, but faithful to Him. And that's the way Jesus lived. I remember the first time with virgin eyes that I read John 6.38. I still remember sitting in my room in college. And Jesus said, For I came down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of Him who sent me. And I was utterly astounded because my whole life was about doing my will. My whole life was about doing my will. And I burst into tears. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, make me like you. Came to do the will of him who sent me. Oh, you say, but Jesus, Jesus didn't struggle with pride. or He was never tempted with the applause of men. Oh, yes, he was. When he fed the 5,000 and that little boy brought the loaves and the fishes. Or the time, again in John 6, another time when he fed the 5,000, the people were so jazzed. They were so excited about Jesus. It says they wanted to make him king. They were going to put him up on their shoulders and carry him off the field, cheering. And it's right at that point, right at that point, that Jesus Christ stood and said, No, no, it's not the... The applause of men that matters to me. I came to do the will of my Father in heaven. <laughs> Friends, I don't know about you, but right now I'm so convicted. I'm so convicted by this. I need the cross. I need Jesus Christ to forgive me for how much I care about the opinions of men and women. I just want to live for Him. Lord, take me to the cross and there cleanse and change my heart. And maybe you'll join me there today. Will you, maybe for the first time, admit that you are like John Yenchko? My whole life is about doing my will. And instead, surrender yourself to Jesus Christ. Come to the cross. Be cleansed. He does not... As we read earlier, he doesn't like your assemblies and your new moons and your, 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 your uh, burnt offerings as though, they could, as though he could be bought or manipulated by them. Come to Jesus. Find forgiveness. And then live for this, before this audience of one. And when you do, point number three, your Father who sees in secret will reward you. He will be pleased with what you do. And this is marvelous. Jesus is so full of grace right here. There are rewards in heaven. Hebrews 11, verse 6, it says that God rewards those who earnestly seek Him. So seek Him. Seek Him. 
There are rewards in heaven. They're sometimes called crowns. And in Revelation 4, verse 10, the 24 elders who represent you, they represent the 12 tribes of Israel and the 12 apostles, the 24 elders are the, the whole church through all the ages around the throne of God. And He's given them crowns, golden crowns, with His smile, with His blessing upon them. And what do they do with their crowns? Do you know? It says, and they cast their crowns before Him. The rewards that they were given, how strange, how wonderful. God will reward you. But the rewards you receive from Him, you just can't wait to throw them back at His feet. Why? Because we are told it is by grace you are saved through faith. And then you are told in the next verse, and God has appointed good works for you to do. As we've said here many times, before there was even a tree planted on this earth, God appointed you to give generously, to sit loose on your possessions. God appointed you to pray, to be mighty in prayer, seeking His face. God appointed you to engage in all these spiritual disciplines, reading His Word and seeking after Him. Fasting, praying. When my friend said, the church is full of hypocrites, what do you think I said to him? I said to him, you're right. And there's always room for one more. And I said, you know... You sound pretty righteous, friend. I said his name. You sound pretty righteous in your condemnation of the church. Well, Jesus condemned the hypocrites too, so you're in good company. But you know what? You really better check your own heart and just see if you're as superior to those other people that you're condemning right now. And he said, he didn't know what to say. So here's an assignment for you, an assignment for you. Try to do one generous deed this week and don't tell anyone, don't tell anyone. Number two, have have a quiet time every day this week in private. Just you and the Lord. And don't tell anyone. Just just this week. And for me, the hardest of all, skip a meal this week. Just once. Skip a meal this week. We'll give you a take a 45-minute breakfast or lunch break. And for those 45 minutes, just think about God and your dependence on God. And don't tell anyone. Let's pray together. Our Father, I am a proud man. And I ask you to forgive my pride. 
Father in heaven, I am a weak man. And I must learn not to rely on myself. I must learn to rely on you. Our Father, each one of us is insecure. We, for some reason or not, what, what, we weren't hugged enough or whatever reason, each one of us is insecure before the eyes of other people. And we, we hear the voice, how did I do? What do they think of me? And today, we ask that you would make us new and you would cleanse our hearts so that we would simply live as Jesus here teaches us, as he is our model And as he teaches us to live before an audience of one. I pray this week, Lord, that you will bless the acts of generosity and kindness that are done in secret. I pray that you will bless the praying that is done in private. I pray, our Father, as we skip a meal, to use that time just to think and ponder and wonder at you and your love, that you would, you would grow us and mature us in new and wonderful ways. We thank you for Jesus Christ, who said, I came down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. And that will was to go to the cross, to die even for these sins, which take the holy things of God and pervert them. And yes, Lord, you can even cleanse our hypocrisy. There's always room for one more. We are glad to be here today. In Jesus' name, amen.